Welcome to the On Stage with Wellness podcast. I'm Danny, And I'm Gina. We are performers turned certified health coaches who help artists reclaim their power and take intentional action in their life. Are you a performer who is tired of feeling burnt out, not good enough, and like you don't have control over your career? Get ready to feel energized, confident, and fully in charge of you on and off the stage. Tune in each week to get holistic lifestyle and nutrition tips for a sustainable career as a performer, our own inspirational stories and experiences, as well as our guests, and practical tools to handle rejection, competition, and perfectionism in the industry. And now, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the On Stage with Wellness podcast. Welcome. We are so excited to be here with you all and to share with you all what you can expect from this podcast and a little bit about our personal journeys. Yes, Danielle and I have been working so hard to get this ready for you guys, and we have so much to share with so many of our friends and the people in the performing industry, and we cannot wait to get going and just share so much with you guys. Yeah, we this whole this first podcast is just going to be just a little bit about, you know, what you can expect from us, um, what we hope to share with you, and We're just going to be sharing a little bit about our own personal stories, um, our performing background, and also what got us into health coaching and why we want to be here with you all because we do feel um, that we have a lot to share based on our experiences. Um, So Gina, do you want to tell us a little bit about what we will get from this podcast? What can our listeners learn? Girl. Okay. (laughs) So we created this podcast. We have a passion for health and for performing, obviously, based on our backgrounds. So we want to help people understand how to balance their busy performing lifestyle with holistic and wellness practices. So we know that as a performer, you're so busy and running around everywhere and you feel so stressed. And we want to be able to share our knowledge from our health coaching uh, training and teach you to instill those practices into your everyday life, making them really practical. Um, We also want to tell you and show you how to fuel your body nutritionally for an intense career. We know that this career is so physically demanding and we want to be able to bring you knowledge of nutritional foods that can really, really help with that um, stress and a demanding lifestyle. Also, um, some practical tips for maintaining good health while traveling. I worked on a cruise ship. Um, Danielle traveled all over the world as well, and we have a lot of knowledge about um, how to stay healthy while traveling. I think it's very, very hard. So as you know, Danielle, right? (laughs) Um, And sometimes you're really limited. So we want to kind of talk to you guys about that. Um, also learn ways to manifest more confidence to accomplish your career goals. Uh, this industry is tough, right, Danielle? It is. Yeah. It is tough. And I know you guys probably have a lot of goals, right? Like you have a lot of things you want to accomplish. So how can you maintain that positive mindset, uh, to keep you moving forward and getting, you know, stuck as little as possible or being able to get out of that stuckness if you do experience that? Mm, so good. And confidence is, is a really big thing in the, especially for me as an actor um, and singer. And I know for sure as a dancer, um, it's a, it's definitely a constant struggle and we will help you manifest more confidence and be, uh, you know, okay with who you are um, and bring more self-worth into your life as well. Yeah. Um, another and, thing we want to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to continue on with that and just like to feel more empowered in yes. those situations. Right. And to feel empowered in, um, you know, cir- if you have, there's a circumstance, you know, out of your control, it's, you know, we're in an, you're in an industry that's really unpredictable. Right. So how can you feel empowered over the things that you can't control in the industry? Um, and then we also just want to help you with your mentality, shifting your mentality around competition and rejection in the industry um, because that's something big that I know y'all come up against. We came up against it um, for sure. So we have uh, some personal stories around that that we'll share with you along the way. Um, So with with what we're giving you guys with this podcast, we created a survey 
um, and came up with a bunch of these answers, uh, what we just kind of went through. So we know firsthand that uh, based on our survey and the people that um, gave us their responses, we figured out what are the biggest and main struggles in this industry. So that's kind of how we incorporated all of these things into our podcast and want to share these things with you guys because we know firsthand based on our experience as well as what we're hearing from other people that these are the things that you guys want to know and the things you want to learn. Um, so not just practical nutrition tips, but also mental and uh, spiritual shifts as well. Um, so why we started this podcast, Danielle, what do you think? Why did we start this? <laughs> yeah, well, basically what, what Gina just said, you know, we kind of saw a void in the industry. Um, we both, you know, studied, I studied dance in college and Gina um, studied acting and, and singing and, and dancing. Um, she's a triple threat. Um, <laughs> Stop it. Um, so, you know, we studied this, we lived it, we breathed it. We both had professional experiences and there wasn't a lot of information out there and how to fuel your body, fuel your body for those long days and how to take care of yourself in a holistic and healthy way. You know, there was a lot of, from my experience, which I'll talk more about in a moment, but a lot of just like negative behaviors around food, negative, uh, you know, our negative relationship with our bodies. Um, and there was really just no, no tools on how to deal with that in a, in a positive and empowering way. So that's really, we, we saw a need, you know, based on our experiences and based on the surveys and based on the people we talk to and the people in the industry we know. Um, and we have, you know, experience with our health coach training that can, we feel like can, you know, be super beneficial for performers and anyone starting out in the industry and like, how can you navigate this, right? There's just a lot to navigate. So we want to be here to help you with that. And um, another thing to note is that, you know, Gina and I really believe in making small, sustainable changes. So, you know, we both know firsthand, you know, from our past, you know, whenever I tried to you know, make any change, I'd always, I, I would think it'd have to be like all or nothing. I'd have to like go all in and like cut out this food group or like do something drastic in order to make change. But we've learned that it's really not about that. It's about those small changes that lead to, you know, big habit changes over time. So that's how we're going to approach everything um, that we talk to you about on this podcast. Amazing. And uh, small sustainable changes are so important because we live in a society and we're in an industry where like quick is better, especially if you live in New York, mm -hmm. like it's all about like immediate gratification, immediate shifts. You want to see everything very soon and quickly. Um, and we want to be able to shift that mentality of that mentality over what is more sustainable, which are small shifts. Yes. So we are so excited to start this podcast. Um, I hope that we covered everything. Of course, like we'll be hearing from our audience if there is something that you want us to cover or you're interested in something that, you know, we may know a lot about based on our background. Please let us know. Please, you know, comment on our Facebook page or send us a DM through Instagram and let us know if there's anything that we can touch on based on your personal experience. Um, and based on personal experience, or speaking of personal experience, mm -hmm. um, Danielle, tell us about you know your life as a performer and your background, and how you got to uh, to be a kick-ass dancer. <laughs> oh, my goodness! No. Um, <laughs> so I guess I'll go way back. You know, we'll start way from the very back. beginning. <laughs> um, I started dancing when I was four. You know typical kid, you know, couldn't stop moving, went to dance class <laughs> for my poor mother. She was tired of me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but started dancing when I was four. I quickly started um, getting into competitive dance. Like when I was six, I believe I joined a competitive dance team and uh, did that for a while up until I was probably about 13, 14. Uh, and then I got a little more serious about ballet and I started getting more interested in concert dance. Um, when I think of competition, all I think about is dance moms. I know it was somewhat like that, but I feel like I was at a dance studio. Like I actually went to a, my competition dance studio 
uh, I had a really like intense ballet teacher who danced with like the Russian ballet or some, I don't know, some like big name company, which I can't remember now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but she was just like a very strict ballet teacher. So Mm. the training was a little bit different, but it definitely like when I'd go to competitions, like, yeah, that's what I saw. So yeah, it was an interesting world for sure. Um, but I definitely like at a certain point I wanted to kind of move away from that and I wanted to get more into concert dance. And then that eventually led me to, um, a boarding school. I went to a boarding school for high school for three years, which is crazy in Michigan. I'm from New Jersey, by the way. So New Jersey went to high school in Michigan. It's called Interlock and Arts Academy. I'm sure some of you have heard of it. training. Yes. Yes. So I was dancing like six hours a day and like doing my academics in the morning. And I mean, that school was probably like the best, the best place ever for me. I felt like I really, uh, you know, became who I am today, but you know, I just was around, <laughs> around artists and I realized that, wow, like these are interesting, intelligent and creative people that, you know, is the kind of energy that I wanted to be around. So mm. that was very exciting for me. Um, oh my gosh, yes. and I, and I've, Honestly, that was kind of like a college experience because I lived on a campus. I lived away from home. Um, so then when I went to college, I wanted to be in more of a city atmosphere. So I went to Marymount Manhattan College and majored in dance. Um, and through my time at Interlock, and I kind of switched from more of a ballet focus to more modern focus. And that's what I concentrated in at Marymount because um, – yeah, I just found a love for modern dance. And I also think at some point I realized like I might not be a ballet dancer. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? Why I had to let go of that sad dream. But, um, well, <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe some of that was, you know, in my head for sure. Um, but I think at the time I realized like I never had like the best point in my foot. So and I struggled. <laughs> I literally like struggled to get up on my box in point. Like I actually like could never get up on my right foot because my right ankle was so stiff. So I think oh, at some point in high school, I was like, girl, you're never going to be a ballet dancer. You can't even get up on your freaking box. So like. <laughs> Less. Less your yeah. box. Sad times, sad times. But <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, barefoot is great and I don't need a great point. So then I, water uh, oh dance became the jam. So yes. yes. I'm all about no shoes. I know. I know all about it. Uh, So that was my, that was my like dance education. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, after graduating college, I spent a few years auditioning. Um, I worked in restaurants, which funny enough, y'all, Gina and I Fun fact. Right. Fun fact. Gina and I met working at Ruby Tuesday in New York City. The Rube Tube. The Rube Tube. It was epic. Where was it? In Times Square, right? 42nd Street? Oh my God. Yeah. We had some good times. We did. That place was like fun. There was great people that worked there and it was wild. Yes. So, so Danielle, we were, Danielle and I were both uh, hostesses. Hostesses with the mostesses. Yes. There was like two stories. We had yep. like headsets and everything. We felt so refreshed. <laughs> and look at us now. We're using headsets and mics again. Just Holy in a different crap, way. We are just so professional. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> I caught. Oh I caught. It's too good. Um, oh my gosh. Also, other fun fact, Gina and I just saw each other recently for the first time in like five years in person. So yes. that was wild. Yes. Yeah. So you probably noticed that we did a photo shoot recently and we literally had not seen each other in five years. So, yeah. and the last time we saw each other was in New York. Yeah. So yeah. it's been yeah. a long time and it was like time had never passed. Yeah. I know. Crazy. It's seriously, seriously. We are just... We're just so connected. It's beautiful. We are meant to be together. (laughs) It's true. It's true. So restaurants, worked in restaurants, um, and that eventually ended up kind of trailing into fitness more because I wanted to be working um, in a field that interested me more. So I wanted to find something else that could pair with dance, and that's when I found the bar method, which is what I still teach in New York, um, and it is... I mean, it's still my favorite workout ever. Like I take other things and I'm just, I just love the bar method. I like new, I like trying new things. Um, but I just feel like, um, the bar method just makes me feel so good. And I just love it's it. It's a so passion. Much. It is. It is. It's a passion. And like, you know, you're used to doing bar. You're used to using your body in that way. So it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. 
No, I feel like it's kind of like my outlet sometimes too, like my my movement outlet when I'm not dancing, Mm -hmm. um, which I love about that. Um, And then I, what was that? I said, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, I'm almost done. I promise guys. No, just kidding. No, Um, you're not rambling. You tell us all about your life. (laughs) I'm just going like detail by detail. Good. I love that. Um, you the lay of the land. Mm. Um, so I auditioned. I worked in restaurants. I worked in fitness. Um, and then I worked with some friends who were starting dance companies and performed in New York. We had seasons. I did volunteer work with the companies. We worked um, with my uh, this uh, company I worked with, Suzanne Ponomarenko Dance. We worked in nursing homes. We like volunteered and performed. And we also went to Guatemala and performed for uh, young women of um, who experienced uh, domestic and and sexual violence at home. So that was oh, like that really special. Beautiful. I know. I know. That was honestly like a treasured experience um, wow. that I still think about all the time. So that was like really rewarding. And, you know, I was helping my friends build their companies. So I wasn't just performing and dancing. I was also doing like behind the scenes stuff. So I felt like, you know, um, I was a huge part in the company. Um, and then the, the touring company I worked for, which is what Gina referred to earlier about me traveling. Um, I worked with a company called catapult entertainment. Uh, they're known for, uh, being on America's got talent. Fun fact. Okay. I wasn't on America's got talent cause I wasn't cool enough. No, I'm just kidding. I just wasn't <laughs> working with them then. Uh, but I worked with them after and we toured Germany and other areas of Europe. Um, and I basically did like a season of touring with them and, came back and then here I am now. I mean, that was a few years ago. So obviously there was some stuff that happened in between there, but, um, (laughs) yeah, but it was a really, it was a wild experience too. Like it was super fun. It was kind of my dream. My dream was always to like dance and travel and perform, um, which Gene and I both had the, the privilege of doing. Um, so it definitely like checked off that box for me, like did that, loved it. Um, and then I came back and I was kind of like, okay, cool. What's next? you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Gina, tell us about your performing background and you better go into as much detail as me. Oh my gosh, Danielle, that was just a riveting story. I have to say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so inspired. <laughs> oh my gosh. Stop it. Gorgeous. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have very similar stories actually. Yeah. Um, Mine begins, uh, just like you, you know, I started dancing when I was young. I wasn't that good. <laughs> I, was, I was not a competitive dancer or anything. Um, but my mom put me into dance classes when I was about two years old. And I did just, you know, your typical going to dance classes, doing recitals, till I was probably about, I want to say like 12, I think maybe 11 or 12. Um, but also when I was in like elementary school and middle school, I fell in love with singing and music. And I was always obsessed with, with singing. My mom would be like, oh, you know, Gina's singing like itsy bitsy spider. And my aunt would be like, oh my gosh, like she sounds amazing. (laughs) Um, so I knew like from a young age that I did have, um, some sort of, not to like toot my own horn, but like some sort of passion and and uh, talent for singing. You had the chops. Uh, yeah, the chops. <laughs> and I guess my mom, uh, my mom has an incredible voice um, and her family sang. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh her my mom, gosh, gorgeous. Mom, wow, my mom uh, and her mom actually and all her siblings and her dad like were really involved in music in their church. Um, so they had like the Holt family choir. And so music was always like a big part of their life as well as my life. And she would sing all the time. We'd have oh. things playing in the, in the kitchen, like Aretha Franklin and yes. Houston. And so I oh, like amazing. loved singing from a very young age. So the fact that I got to do it like in elementary school and middle school, whether it was like choir and I would have little like solos and stuff. <laughs> I just thought that was a blast. I can picture it now. I can picture Uh, it now. So good. Um, But I wasn't really involved in like acting, I would say, until I went to high school. Um, I was doing like cheerleading from a young age, dancing, and then I went into like competition cheerleading. So still performing in a way, uh, but more physical. And um, and then I got into in high school uh, show choir and 
uh, musical theater. So a lot of our like school plays, I was complete, you know, completely obsessed with the whole theater industry and that whole side of um, of performing. And in a way, show choir was like musical theater as well. Uh, it was a show and you got to act and there was a storyline and, um, but you got to be with a group and you had solos. So it was an incredible experience and I got to travel with them. Um, and I learned a lot about who I was and who I was becoming. And I started to shift like what I wanted to do with my life, um, which was singing and dancing. I wanted to do this as my job because I started to figure out like, oh, I'm like pretty good at this. I can probably make it into something more. Um, so when I was in high school, I went to Broadway Artists Alliance um, performing camp in New York City my the summer between my 11th grade and 12th grade year of high school, and I just loved it. And while I was up there, I auditioned for AMDA, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City, and I ended up getting in. So like my whole high school or senior year, I knew that I was going to that school. Um, so I was so excited, and a lot of people uh, said, you know, why don't you just go to a normal college? You know, why don't you just go to, yes, you know, just a university and like do that as an elective. And I was like, no, no, if I do this, like I'm going full force, I'm going in it and, uh, I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah. So I graduated, I went to AMDA for two years. I took the summer off, um, between semesters and did West Side Story, um, community theater in Richmond through Spark. And that was a blast because I had taken a role that I'd already done in high school, which was Maria. <laughs> if you know me, yes. I am so white <laughs> and so freckly and should not be Maria, but I absolutely loved the part and fell in love with that role. And so I got to play it again, as well as uh, have all my knowledge from my schooling, which was great through AMDA. But AMDA was an intense school. It was in the middle of New York City. Um, so you already are, you know, have all those opportunities available to you and so much culture. But you go to school about 40 hours a week. Like it's intense. And I was also doing an extra dance program as well because I just was so in love with it. Um, but you had like voice and speech classes, dance classes, music classes, a voice teacher, um, and acting classes. And I grew so much as a performer through that education. And um, it had a bad rep when I first got there, but it really was about like what you put into it for sure. And I put in a lot of work and I got a lot of work out of it. Um, a two-year program or a four, I forget. Yeah, it was two-year. Yeah. So you got like more of a certification, but right. those credits yeah. were That's valid. like a solid amount of time, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. Especially when all you and, focus on yeah. is musical theater and that whole process. They have now right. they have three programs. They have a musical theater, which is called an integrative certification. They have just an acting one and then they have a dance one now. They mm, didn't have a dance okay. one when I was there, but I'm I'm so glad that they, you know, started that because there was a lot of people that were just dancers that weren't necessarily focused on acting, but still wanted it, which is great about the school is they made you as well-rounded as possible. They focused on all three of those subjects uh, together. So, but they do mimic in their dance classes and in their musical theater classes, audition settings. Mm. So they really prepare you for auditioning and for, <laughs> you know, surprisingly rejection. Yeah. Which is a subject that we're going to focus on a lot in this podcast is, uh, is those feelings of inadequacy and rejection. Um, but You're they really an AMDA girl. Yes. Selling they really it. prepared you for Represent. that. Um, yeah. yeah. And so Proud I alum. knew that I would, yeah, that I would come across that. And I knew that it was going to be intense. Um, so after I graduated from AMDA, I auditioned for a few things, um, like Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway, um, tours, like for um, Wizard of Oz and things like that. But I got my first job with Disney Cruise Line. And they um, offered me a role as a little girl, <laughs> as a 12-year-old little girl. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like, I can, I can do this. This is fine. Um, 
but I didn't know like how much that I would love it. I traveled with them all over the world. I got to do three out of their four ships um, and met so many different people that inspired me to be a better version of myself and um, just learned so much on that journey. Completely changed as a person, I would have to say. Uh, became very like culturally aware of my world and like the environment and um, who I was becoming as a person. So I did that for nine years and got to uh, play so many different roles. Um, each time I did it, it was completely different, whether it was a different itinerary or a different roles or um, completely different people, which was so much fun. Um, and we'll, I'll go into more detail about that experience, but it was, it was a blast. It was absolutely a blast. That's a long um, time. Like that's so, it's so great that you had such a chunk of experience, you know, like you had nine years of experience with that company. And yes. like you said, each year was so different, you know, like, yes. so it kept you like engaged and, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I think we all hope for as performers, you know, absolutely. that we're constantly growing and we're constantly like doing you know, different things and, and yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it was a a form of stability as well that like Mm -hmm. a lot of performers don't really get. Yeah. And I was incredibly grateful for that experience because I couldn't have done the things that I did like travel or, um, you know, like you said, constantly learning. I ended up if things weren't challenging enough for me, uh, which is crazy. I ended up getting my uh, BFA online. Oh yeah, entire experience, um, and transferred all my AMDA credits to the new school in Greenwich Village and got my BFA in musical theater. So not only was I living on a boat <laughs> with you know minimal resources, traveling all over the world, working full time, but I was also like, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> and I Which is the theme. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I felt like if I had that, I felt more, you know, uh, valued or, you know, better off or something, you know, these lies that we tell ourselves or these, these constant desires. I need um, to be more, you know, exactly. I need to learn more. I need to be better, exactly. you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. which in a way is good. I wanted to challenge myself, of course, but also when it becomes destructive is not good. Right. Um, so I did that. and then. The other thing I did while I was on board was get my um, IIN certification, which is the same as Danielle um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So I performed with them for a very long time. My last contract I got off the ship 2018 in March um, and moved to Orlando, Florida, yes. where there's a bunch of Disney things around. Uh, <laughs> So I am incredibly grateful for that experience. I got to do so many things with them, um, whether it was like media things, different shows, different roles, opening new shows, meeting new directors. And um, I just am so grateful for that experience. And um, and it all it all started with listening to Aretha Franklin in the kitchen. I love that. (laughs) Full circle. Tie it together. Gorgeous. With a bow. Amazing. So. I know we talked about our performing backgrounds. Why don't you, Danielle, talk to uh, us a little bit about your health coaching experience through IIN and how, like, what you're doing with that now? Yeah. So IIN stands for Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and that's the program that Gina and I both did. Gina's actually the first one that told me about it when we were working at Ruby Tuesday, which is yes. so wild. And I remember I like looked it up and I and I just kind of was like immediately intrigued by the program and it just sounded like something that I would want to do in the future. So I just like always kept that at the back of my mind. Um And then I saw that you were doing it and I enrolled, I think a year later, you know, but I kind of like kept an eye on that and like, just, I I think I subscribed to the emails. So I was getting the emails, Um, but I know so funny. They're good at hooking you in. (laughs) I know it's so true, but um, I think one of the things that drew me to it was um, the, I mean, for one, it was a holistic program. So, you know, knowing that there's a lot more to being healthy than just the foods on your plate. So that like whole concept really intrigued me. Um, I think also what intrigued me is uh, that 
I was kind of looking for another career that I felt like I had control over, that I felt like I could be in charge of my income. And I just have always been kind of interested in the idea of entrepreneurship, like growing my own business or my own side hustle or something that um, where I could experience a lot of personal growth and um, personal development. So, you know, I feel like there were kind of two things that got me into health coaching. And one was that, like finding another career, uh, something that could pair well with dancing and teaching fitness um, and or replace that at some point, you know. Um, And then the other thing was, you know, I started to develop an interest in nutrition uh, during my, you know, time as a performer because, uh, you know, kind of before IIN, I was, I kind of had an unhealthy relationship with, with food, you know, as, as do a lot of young performers, I would say. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. I did a lot of like yo-yo diets. I thought that, you know, in order to be healthy, I had to be really skinny. I had to look a certain way. And, you know, you're spending a lot of time in front of a mirror, like critiquing yourself. And you're also around other people that are doing the same thing. So it just like perpetuates this like negativity in your head about yourself. Mm. And so, you know, I was around that and obviously like, you know, and I went to a boarding school too, you know, so I was- Of all girls. Yeah. Well, actually there were, <laughs> there, were there were men. Um, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was all girls. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. All girls school. No, there uh, were dudes. Um, but, <laughs> but I was around a lot of, a lot of young girls, you know, and we were, as I said, standing in front of a mirror and like critiquing ourselves and mm. in a cafeteria where the food was like, meh, you know? <laughs> so we would like do these weird diets. Like I did a lot of like really weird extreme diets where I would like- What's the craziest one you did? Uh, the craziest one for sure is the seven day diet. Oh, it wow. was- each day you did something different. So day one, you only ate vegetables. Day two, you only ate fruit. Day three, you only ate bananas and milk. Like it was just <laughs> whack. It was whack. And I did that. Like I did that. And and how did it go for you? We all did. Well, at the end, you know, at the end of the seven days, I did like lose five pounds probably. And I felt really skinny. Like I felt really light, you know? Um, and so I thought, ooh, cool, that works. Deprivation works. You know, that's what I trained myself. But I was starving myself. Like, it was mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. And I remember being really lightheaded in dance class, like, oh, you know, day two. And I just, like, sucked it up, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. kept going because I had to push through, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that was, like, the mentality that I had. And, Jeez. I mean, looking back on it, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I hope young people aren't doing this, you know? But like, they are. That's but the they problem. Are. I know it breaks my heart because I know. I mean, you know what what we've learned now is that like when you put your body through deprivation, like your your digestion, your stomach is sending signals to your brain that's telling you that it's deprived and it needs nutrients. So mm-hmm. then your body is going to crave like, you know, it's going to go on an all-out binge. It's going to crave like those fast sugars, like those white breads, mm-hmm. those sugars, and those things, and you're going to like all-out eat that. And then what would happen is I would then do that after the diet was over and then I would feel bad about myself. And it was just like Mm -hmm. this constant cycle. So, And not only when you starve yourself, um, you start craving those things, but you also like hold on to fat. Yes. You hold on to fat because your body's like, oh my God, there's a scarcity in in the environment, in the world. There's not enough food. I'm going to hold on to every source of fat that you have. Yes. Um, So it's like actually the worst for losing weight. Yes. And then also, um, what I was going to say about that is, um, your body, I just like blanked out for a second. That's okay. Um, <laughs> your, I was like, oh, what was I going to say? Um, it's perfect. You, you hold on to the fat, but then, um, I actually forgot what I was going to say. All right. That's okay. Continue. That's okay. Moving on. No. Continue. Um, I'll I'm think about it and then I'll, your, and then I'll interject. Read your mind. I thought How I. How dare I, you? Pick this up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yo. Your body, your body holds on to the fat. You know, it's like it's yes. I need this. You know what I mean? Yes. And it throws off your hormones. Like your- oh, what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say, I got it. Um, is your metabolism slows down yes. because it preserves energy. It preserves mm-hmm. energy for all of your organs. Yes. And you don't you don't burn your fat as as well, or your metabolism slows down, and then there's constipation and you know, all yes. these things. 
Yeah. And speaking of constipation, but constipation, constipation nation. Um, but like, because I was treating my body like that, I developed really weird digestive issues mm. and, um, I'm going to tell you guys like a TMI, but like, hopefully you'll tell appreciate it. But I, I was, I was super gassy. Like, mm. I mean, if anyone knew me in college, you would remember that like I, I farted a lot in rehearsals mm. and in ballet class because like, I just, I couldn't help it. Like I was just, my digestion couldn't take the constant like taxing of my system. Mm. Like I was constantly overloading it and then depriving it. And also like I wasn't able to absorb the nutrients well for like a whole number of reasons. Um, mm. But, you know, basically like those digestive issues got me on a path of, of health right? Yeah. Like, so I started, you know, after years of doing that, I started becoming interested and I had a friend, um, her name's Kenna Tusky. She's VS. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is, um, she's studying acupuncture right now and she's also a nutritional therapist. And when she was studying wow. nutrition, I kind of started working with her. I was like her practice client, which is really yes. cute. Um, and she just encouraged me to like start reading labels and just start like cooking my food more, which was stuff I never did because I was always telling myself I'm too busy. I don't have time. I'm bad at cooking. Like all these stories that kept me from like actually taking care of myself and, mm. and feeling empowered with my choices. And, mm. you know, I was a big snacker. So like, honestly, reading labels was like huge because yeah. I wasn't reading labels. I was just putting stuff in my body and had no mm-hmm. idea what it was. And yeah. so- and those you are know. such small shifts, which goes back to what we were talking about before. Yes. Like, right. It's like that's so basically simple. what IIN was teaching us. Yeah. Is that it's not complicated. Yeah. It is so simple and people make it more complicated yeah. with what we're bombarded with every day. And yes. I think people are just confused. Yeah. I was confused for sure. Like I didn't know what Absolutely. to do and, and it felt like overwhelming. Right. And mm. you know, like I said before, like it kind of felt like all or nothing. Like I either had to like yes. diet, like I had to like, you know, cut out carbs or like whatever it was mm. at the time. Um, you know, or I just had to like eat whatever and not care. So I've really like, I found a balance now, you know? Yeah. Um, so once I started doing that, like I started kind of feeling better and, um, I enrolled in IIN right after my catapult tour, Um, And that's when I really felt like also I went through like a huge health transformation because Mm -hmm. that's when I really changed my relationship with food because that's when I really like learned like we're all unique and different. And and like you said, like, you know, it's about small changes. You know, it didn't have to be all or nothing. Like I didn't have to like deprive myself in order to to feel, to be healthy. Like that Mm -hmm. wasn't what healthy was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really realized like how it was affecting me and, and making me anxious and making me mm. question my decisions around food and around everything else. Like it just trickled into all areas of my life. So, so what I are you am, doing like, now with your health coaching? What? What are you doing now with your health oh, coaching? Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, so right now, so I've been coaching for the past two and a half years, I would, I think. Um, and I work with, uh, mostly women. I've also worked with some men. Um, and I have a practice and I help them make sustainable food and lifestyle choices, um, and help them prioritize their health. Um, and doing this all without deprivation and without guilt. So I work with clients one-on-one. I've run, um, some group programs and basically, you know, it's, it's real, it's, it's really simple. Like if, if you want to, you know, be able to make the sustainable changes in a supportive environment, like that's what, um, that's what draws, you know, clients to me. Um, and I'm really huge on, um, not, you know, it's not about deprivation. It's not about guilt. It's about just loving yourself and honoring yourself through that process. So amazing. Yeah. That's and Danielle, mean. Danielle is doing uh, bar fuel. So she's working with bar method Thank you. and using her <laughs> uh, health coaching experience and right. does these group programs with uh, a fellow coworker, Marissa. Um, and she teaches all of these beautiful, sustainable habits um, and works alongside with doing the physical exercise of bar method. So if you're in, living in New York City and you want to go check her out, please look her up. Where can they find you, Danielle? Yes. Um, you can find me. My Instagram is at Danny Nicole Wellness. That's Danny, D-A-N-I. Um, also, you can find me on Facebook with that as well. And my website, DannyNicoleWellness.com. 
Amazing. Yeah, that's the latest group program I'm doing. So thank She's you, Gina, for sharing. <laughs> oh my God. And you are too. Tell us about you. So tell us how you got into IN um, and about your health journey, your career journey, and then where you are now. Oh my gosh. Here we <laughs> go. So I have always loved health and fitness. So from a young age, I was unfortunately like a little bit overweight um, because growing up, I was doing all these activities like dancing and cheerleading and um, <clears throat> just running around being busy, but I wasn't really eating well. And I looked a little bit bigger than most um, of my friends starting, I guess, the time that I started puberty, um, about 12, 13 years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I noticed that I was a bit bigger than other people, not too much bigger, but just enough for me to notice. So I was like, why? Like why I'm eating the same things as these people, but I'm the one getting like a little chunky. So I became like most young girls, especially in this day and age, obsessed with health and fitness. So I would like go into like Walgreens or um, CVS and look up, you know, all these like magazines and I would like take mental notes or I would like take actual notes of like diets and um, things to try and things that like superfoods were a big thing. And I was like, oh man, like, and all these exercise programs, you know, those, um, those magazines where you like flip to the page and it's like 15 minute workouts that yes. you know focuses on your butt. <laughs> you did I would do that. literally yes. take like photos or like draw pictures. And oh I was gosh. like obsessed because I was like, okay, well, this is what I need to do, um, <clears throat> to be thin or like lose the little bit of weight that I have. Um, so that like continued on for, um, you know, most of my like middle school into my high school career. And then it became like higher stakes. Like I needed to look good in photos for my like show choir, or I needed to look good in photos for my like dance team photos. And Mm -hmm. I started to like compare myself a lot at that point, um, to other people and other, uh, women. So I got a little like self-conscious and then I became, you know, more obsessed with, I even at one point took like diet pills, um, in middle school. Yeah. Like drastic measures that we take, um, because we don't know what the correct answers are, quote unquote, um, for being healthy. And of course, like we hear all these different things and we see so many things behind closed doors And then you just get depressed and you take, you know, severe measures. So, um, that sort of cycle continued on at a young age where like, I just didn't know what to do. And I was just doing anything and everything kind of like with you, um, and just comparing yourself and critiquing yourself, which is so so hard not to do. Like, it's so hard not to do when you're at that age. And like, and like you said, like you are not given the information, like you're just, you're, you're, you're searching, you're searching and there is so much information, but you know, yeah. And like, um, and unfortunately, like the people that love you, they don't tell you what, (laughs) you know, you need to hear, like want to hear or or, like give you that like nutritional education that Mm -hmm. you really need. Um, Bless them. They just want- Because they might not know either. Right. They just want you to be happy. Our families had a very different idea of what healthy is. Yeah. You know, then, you know, mm-hmm. so. And it's, and it's honestly based on experience and their background and like what people are taught. Right. You can't know something if you're not taught it or, um, you know, given the knowledge or information. So I was seeking out that information constantly. Um, so when I got to um, be performing with Disney Cruise Line, I was like, okay, I can see that this is not a sustainable career. Um. And I want to do more or do things within the health and fitness industry because I'm really passionate about it. As you can see, <laughs> I started from a young age of, of loving it. Um, so I started Googling and was like, how can I put a career of helping others and health and fitness into a job? And I just started Googling that and then fell upon the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And uh, that's kind of how I discovered AMDA as well. I literally just Googled what I wanted and where I wanted to go. And that's how I discovered 
you know, this school. And I didn't wait for somebody to tell me. I just kind of did all the research on my own. And um, the school was incredible. It's an incredible experience if you really want to help people clear away the clutter of this industry and health and fitness and what that is. Because I had done all this research with women's health magazines and all the like media health and fitness, quote unquote. Um, But this school completely cleared it away. And they use this phrase called, I'm going to help you unlearn the things that you have been learning through these outlets. Um, So that's a huge part of the school that I loved, which was um, back to basics Back to basics with, you know, it's not complicated, which is what we were talking about before. It's all about small, sustainable shifts and eating unprocessed whole, whole, you know, whole foods, cook more, you know, eat more fruits and vegetables, less, uh, less destructive things to your health, like processed foods, sugar, um, trans fats, things like that. And it's not about eating chia seeds all the time. <laughs> it's not about right, like just maca powder right. or whatever, which is basically what our magazines are telling us these days is you right, have try to this, try this. spend all this money, right, on yeah. superfoods to be the healthiest that you can be. Or you have to try diets such as like keto or um, vegan. Like I love being vegan, but my, my uh, mentality behind vegan and vegetarianism is I just wanted to eat more vegetables (laughs) and I just needed to eat more vegetables. And that's basically what, uh, my concept behind trying things out is I just want to bring more, more things into my life. And if I want to eat some chicken or if I want to eat some meat or, um, fish at some point, I'll just go do that. Um, and, but in a more sustainable and healthy way and being more responsible with my choices. Yeah. And you don't feel shame or guilt about it because you haven't attached yourself to that identity of I eat this way. Mm -hmm. And labeling and identities, uh, that's a big thing that we are going to touch on too, um, with, with dieting and with, uh, your health and, yeah. um, confusion behind the media. You have to be in career too. White. Yeah. Black and white, no gray areas of yeah. eating intuitively and just listening to your body. Yeah. Um, and that was a big part of IAN too, is, is learning about myself. And a lot of it was around self-discovery of, uh, figuring out who I was, what I wanted and what my body needed, as opposed to comparing myself to other people and what they were eating. And I got back to my roots of like, what does my body need? What feels good? What doesn't feel good? And, um, and everyone is bio-individual. Um, IIN focuses on a lot of these concepts of bio-individuality and um, sustainable small shifts. Yeah. And we'll and talk about them a lot throughout the absolutely. podcast. Like you're going to hear us bringing up like core concepts and some mm. of the core concepts already we've touched upon are bio-individuality and mm. small sustainable, like every, everything that we've said is kind of a, a concept, but we'll, we'll keep bringing them up and yes. uh, yeah, get into even more detail about them. Absolutely. So what I'm doing now is I finished the program and I really had a hard time with like figuring out who I wanted to coach and who were my niche market people, like my people. <laughs> um, and I didn't have a story. I didn't overcome cancer. I didn't have diabetes. I didn't, you know, have this like beautiful story that, <laughs> that people like gravitate towards. And so, or so started, you thought, or so I thought, right. Um, but a lot of our niche market, um, training, they tell you, you know, sometimes just look in the mirror, look in the mirror. What are you struggling with? Are there people in your industry that are struggling with the same things? So I realized that, okay, I'm a performer, I'm a perfectionist, and I have a problem with like self-image and self-love and all these body image issues. So that is who I target in my coaching. I thought that it is a taboo subject that we're not discussing constantly, and um, we need to bring more of that into our lives. 
And self-love and self-respect starts with the, the stories that we're telling ourselves and it seeps into how we're taking care of our health. You know, if you have more self-love and more self-respect for yourself, you tend to take care of yourself better. You tend okay. to eat healthier. You tend to move your body more. Um, you tend to not be in toxic relationships. All of that stems into your health. So I help mostly women, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not opposed to helping men as well. Um, bring more self-love and, uh, and get away from perfectionism in our lives because perfectionism is a huge thing that performers struggle with, which is something that we'll touch on in the podcast more and more. Um, but it definitely affects how we feel about ourselves and the unrealistic expectations that we put on ourselves as well. So uh, I have my own coaching practice. I'm taking on individual clients. Um, I have my blog as well, but it's been a slow start. I just got married. Yeah. Um, so that's been occupying most of my time. But Where can I find you? Ooh. Um, you can find me at Gina Daniels Coaching. I'm on Instagram as well as Facebook, and that's J-E-A-N-N-A, a little weird. And tell them um, why. No. Um, what do you mean why? I don't know, because it's, it's spelled like jeans. Gina. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, okay. That's why um, your mom named her that. Yes, it's not Gina. It's <laughs> G-I-N-A is Gina, just throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> sorry and then, if your name is Gina. No. Yes, sorry, sorry. Um, but uh, Gina, J-E-A-N is Jean, right? And then N-A is not. I mean, it's not that complicated. People get it together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can find me there. And my and website is also so um, I focus on fully loving you, um, uh, bringing that back into your life. And um, yeah, I think everybody needs a health coach, right? Right, Danielle? Yes, everybody of course. I love, I just, I love everything you said. I mean, I love what you said about, um, just, uh, um, I lost my train of thought too. Oh no. Me too. too. Oh my God. Yes. You loved everything I said. I just loved everything you said. said. (laughs) That's it. You can keep saying that. That's That's fine. Period. Like, you know, Oh, Oh, I know what I was going to say. Here we go. I love what you said about like bringing more love into your life. Like if you love, if you love yourself and you respect yourself and you care about yourself, like you're going to make good choice. You're going to make, you're going to make healthy choices because you want to nourish yourself. You want Mm. to take care of yourself and you want yourself to be happy and healthy. Like Mm. a lot of times we make some of these not so great choices because we're just like stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage and Mm. negative thought patterns. So I really- Also pleasing others, right? Yes. Socially- Yeah. That's a huge thing for me. And I'll probably talk about that at some point, but, um, I do find that some part of my niche is working with, um, mostly women, like I said, but anyone, (laughs) but who just have dealt with like people pleasing tendencies, like you're saying yes to all these things, absolutely. but you know, you're not actually saying yes to yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you're feeling guilty and you're feeling bad about it that you're, yes. you know, saying, you know, if you don't say yes to this one person, like they're going to hate you. And then that's just not true. Yeah. So just getting to the core of like, why are you saying yes? What are you saying yes to? How is it serving you? Mm-hmm. Um, and just helping, you know, you be the most vibrant you that you can possibly be. Yes. <laughs> How to and get we, my hashtag in there. <laughs> yes. And we, uh, we definitely, as a society, put perfectionism as a badge of honor yeah. on us, and um, we really showcase it off like it's something to be proud of, and I did that for a very long time, and right. a lot of us do that in this industry, too, with performing. That's identity. Yes, and it's not something to be, to be proud of initially because it means that we are setting – high expectations for ourselves. And if we don't meet those expectations for ourselves, we, like you said, self-sabotage, we make us feel bad about ourselves. And, um, and it's a race. I will never forget this. When I was at a voiceover coaching in the middle of New York, I went to this workshop and the teacher was like, who here is a perfectionist? And I was like, Oh, me. And put my hand up really quickly because I was that kind of person. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to show that I'm a perfectionist, that I am, 
you know, striving to be perfect. Yeah. And he was like, awesome. Just so you know, <laughs> this is a race that you will never win. You will never, ever win, win this race because you will always be competing with yourself and you will never be satisfied with anything. And that Ugh. hit me so hard. Wow. I was like, oh my God, like he's so right. He's so right. And when we bring more acceptance about who we are and where we are at at the moment, and we're not striving to be or become another person and, and a better version of ourselves all the time, um, we can finally be like, okay with ourselves and not be competing um, and striving for that race that we'll never win. Uh. Um, yeah. yeah. That's kind of that moment where I was like, okay, like this is a problem. This is a problem that, that I need to focus on. That's such a huge realization. That's yeah. amazing. That's such yeah. a great story. Mm. Oh. Oh, we have so much to say about this stuff, you guys. Like it amps us up like nothing else. So yes. honestly, we could go on forever, but that's why you're going to tune into the podcast because we got many more, uh, much more of this to come. Yes. Uh, so I hope that um, you got to know us a little bit more today and, you know, found our stories hopefully relatable and mm. um, we hope you'll relate to more stories in the future. Yes. Um, so stay tuned for our future podcast episodes. We'll hopefully put out content um, once a week, um, depending on our schedules, but this is a new thing for us. This is a brand new uh, experience. We've both never podcasted before. Um, so it's going to be a learning curve. So just yeah. bear with us. And we're um, not going to be perfectionists about it. So. No, we're not. Um, we were just talking about right before this. Uh, we love Marie Forleo and she um, quoted something on her podcast slash uh, YouTube channel that when you create content, you just got to know that it's going to be shitty when it first comes out. You got to be humble about it because it's your first time doing it and just release it when it's good enough. You know, it's good enough to be released into the world and you just got to be okay with it. Yep. That's what we're doing. We're li <laughs> we are living by that. So <laughs> absolutely. So if it's shitty, I am so sorry, but we're a learning process. Uh, we are definitely learning from everything that we're doing. And I hope that you can learn from all the, all the moments in your life and not be too hard on yourself too. Yeah. Um, this is what we're trying to uh, help people with. So if you want to comment on our Facebook page and let us know, you know, where you're from. Um, I'm from Virginia originally. I didn't even touch on that. Oh. Um, I'm from Virginia originally. And now I live in Orlando, Florida. My, uh, my husband's from Scotland, so I'm sure there's going to be some Scotland people listening in, but please comment and let us know where you're from. Uh, what you're performing in right now, if you are performing at all, um, whether you're a dancer, singer, if you're a voiceover artist, if you're not a performer at all, just let us know what you're doing if you're performing. Um, and then what's one goal you have as a performer right now? Um, what is something that you maybe are struggling with that you want to improve? Um, something you're crushing, if you have a goal that you're crushing at the moment, woo -woo. or uh, or if it's something that you want us to, to focus on, like we said earlier, if there is a subject that you really want us um, to touch on in future podcasts. Yes. Yeah. Please share. We want to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey, creatives. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. We are beyond grateful for your interest and support in our conversation. We hope you'll tune in each week for fresh new content and some inspiration from wherever you are in the world. Whether you're on tour, auditioning, or in your hometown community theater, share this with your cast, friends, and anyone in the industry who could benefit from this podcast. If you like what you hear, write us a review. You can do this through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Share with us what you liked and what you want to hear more of. This will help us with our mission to support performers with their health and wellness goals. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at On Stage with Wellness. You can follow Danny at Danny Nicole Wellness and Gina at Gina Daniels Coaching. You can find all the links you need in the show notes. 
Until next time, performers, remember, you know enough, you have enough, and you are enough.